Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another session. Yes, season three, episode two. Boy, oh boy. Um, this season, uh, oh, hang on, let me do my little bit. This is the doctor speaking, dissecting the intersection between work and learning. Right, now we can get on with it. Um, so this season, we are looking at boomers and Gen X. Uh, so people uh, born after, uh, before 1980, uh, and this is me to avoid asking people the age, uh, born before 1980, uh, and what kind of career decisions are they making uh, in these kind of, you know, last 10, 20 years of their career? Uh, we've got some questions lined up and we're gonna see what kind of insight we can gain. Uh, this picks up on concepts such as the gray resignation, the great resignation and the boomerang generation. Uh, people who retired a little bit too early are now trying to come back into the labor markets. So we're going to pick up on some of these things and we're going to have a bit of a discussion. So let me introduce you to my guest today. It's a colleague that I work with, uh, Simon. Hello. Hello. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Uh, how would I describe myself? I've, um, I, I'm a rounded businessman, I would say. Um, a teacher, a uh, an author, a passionate marketeer, but not just marketeer. So I'd say, yeah, rounded businessman with 30 years experience of industry, married to an Italian, very international in my outlook, uh, worked for multiple companies. And uh, yes, I'm at another intersection in my life uh, at this point. So hence, good to talk to you. Oh, we look forward to that. We're going to tease that one out in a minute. So, Simon, um, working for a number of industries, been doing this for 30 odd years. Where are you now in your career and how did you get there? So, in other words, if you retrospectively look back, I know it doesn't always pan out when we look ahead. You know, sometimes these things just happen. But as you look back uh, and, and consider where you are now, well, what are some of the key insights that you've gained in terms of the career decisions you've made? Yeah, so I um, I actually started I I started my career in Germany. Um, I finished my education, my uh, uh, graduate uh, diploma in Germany, in um, uh, University of Rheinland Rheinland Pfalz is what they call it, down in the southern parts of Germany. And I decided to stay on because I just enjoyed. The whole German outlook, the whole German aspect. I had obviously, I did a degree in business in the German language as well, and uh, I wanted to stay on. So I stayed on there. I'm now 30 years on, uh, but I did six years in Germany, uh, came back to England, did uh, spent four years back here, then moved out to Italy, did six years living in Italy, working in an Italian company, uh, working at a company there, came back. So in terms of insights, I would say, how did I get to become kind of this place now where I'm kind of this rounded person, but also got this passion for education and, uh, you know, sharing that 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 information with others? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would say one of the things that I, I did when I first started out in terms of being in Germany was I, I went to a place called, I started in Philips in Aachen, uh, north, just place sort of north, and, north of Germany that's bordering with Holland. And uh, so I was working at a company that was doing LCD displays at the time, or actually picture tubes, sorry, not LCD displays, because they weren't yet LCD, picture tubes uh, manufacturing. And I was in the marketing side of that. 
they actually decided to restructure. So I already within nine months got immersed into this whole environment of companies deciding to restructure and make people redundant. And I thought they told me six months ahead. So three months into my placement, so-called placement or, or new job, I said I realized I probably would be out of a job because of first come, you know, last in, first out sort of thinking. And I secured a, a role just up the road in Neuss near Dusseldorf at Toshiba. Uh, and that kind of spearheaded my interest into the whole IT sector. So one of the things I didn't mention was I spent a lot of time in that 30 years in IT software and services. Uh, she was, I had a European role and they did, uh, and what I noticed in terms of an insight was I was working with a number of different international people and I noticed I needed to carve out my own niche, my area within the business, my own knowledge space, my own area of expertise. And that was actually all around the very first ultra mobile PC in 1990, before tablets, before that era. And I um, basically decided to, at the time when we didn't have all these costs for travel, et cetera, I decided to go around Europe and collect knowledge on verticalized markets on where this new thing would work. And I was the only one globally that knew all this knowledge. I just, and so they basically decided within six months, they needed me to go to Japan and share all that knowledge with headquarters and uh, which was a very unusual thing because everyone kept saying to me you don't get invited to these sessions and go to Japan until you're a few years into the role so it was actually a nice thing to do that so I spent time there building up their knowledge around that and whole planning and I moved on to their competitors so insight number two so insight one is carve out your niche insight two is if you do need to shift to change roles why not go to a competitor because you've got something that they're looking for now i don't mean divulging confidentiality so obviously that would be naughty we don't do that but about leveraging your applying your in your knowledge that you know from one company to a similar sector elsewhere without obviously saying anything you can apply that knowledge and expertise so that was actually one of the things i noticed was really good so i moved from toshiba to dell and then I did the same actually from Dell to Acer, those slightly different product areas. Uh, so when I moved from Dell in the UK, I decided to, Dell in the UK was actually getting hit hardest by another competitor called Acer Computers or Acer Inc. And that was where I moved out to Italy. So that was the next thing. Now, when I went to Acer in Italy, it was when I started to become a more rounded businessman, I would say. So one of the things that I noticed from my time between Toshiba and Dell was I was very into product, product marketing, innovation, hence my interest around this um, at the University of Kent in that innovation side of things. But when I moved to Acer, basically uh, the guy that I was reporting into said to me, you need to sell as well. You know, you've got this, basically I took a role where I was heading up a business unit across the year and, and the guy, my boss, who was a German guy actually, basically said, don't, he actually said on my first day, don't come into the office, <laughs> don't pick up your computer. I've got the tickets for you. Go to the airport. I need you to fly to Germany, then fly to the UK, then fly to, uh, there was another country, I think it was France. And I need you to meet with these big retail retailers and you need to start selling products, which by the way, initially I have to say, what have I done? I have no idea about selling. How do I do this? Uh, and he said, you got to do that so then you can do better development of the product so you basically said you need to both sell develop the product manage operations manage the finance around that um 
The other thing that I that happened to me when I joined ASA was when I went to this this first day when I went to Germany, I sat with the guy there and they said, you know that they're making everyone redundant in HQ relating to your business units. And I said, no, I didn't. Uh, and I said, whoa, what's going on here? And do you know that your entire business is in a disaster? You, you got all the stock in warehouses that aren't selling. Uh, your bosses probably hired you for other ideas, but you know uh, you just need to be aware of all these things. I thought, okay, so insight number three, uh, maybe you don't understand everything before you join a company, but do try to dig into it before you and ask really tough questions. But the thing that I thought was actually quite good was after a lot of stress and chat with my wife about what I've done and have I made a big mistake, or et cetera, I real I actually found a way to turn the business around by drawing this connection between the customer and development teams really fast where in big companies this takes months and and you know sometimes even up to a year to to get it right I was literally going to a customer and then flying out to Taiwan and saying this is what the customer has been telling us the customer being the large retailers and the end customers and then going to sit with the development teams and then creating a product design specific for what being asked for. So actually, I turned this business. This is how I drove eventually the business from zero to half a billion in uh, three years. So from zero to half a billion. Um, but uh, it was tough. I have wow, to say, wow. I actually fell ill after after. So this, here's another insight. After half a year, I've the stress got so much because I was literally flying every every other day. Every other day I was on another another plane, and then I was have to go to Taiwan. My body couldn't take it even then, uh, uh, and um, I fell ill with, uh, they thought chicken flu, so don't even remember the time with chicken flu in the early 2000s, and um, uh, I had to take seven weeks off because my my liver took such a hit, such a beating, and the doctors were all saying, you've got to slow down. So I could not go as fast as I could before. The funny thing is, by slowing down, I did an even better job and achieved more. So I was able to actually reflect a lot better by not, I added this rule that I implemented and the, the, my peers are saying, you're doing the right thing, where I said, I have a week on and week off in terms of travel and I manage my health so I can manage, uh, balance the things a bit more and also balance family and work a bit more. Uh, so that helped me actually drive the growth. So that was how I became a rounded person. I then eventually went, back to the UK to uh, Microsoft and then took on a role at Dell as the CMO. And towards the end of the time I was at Dell with the Chief Marketers Officer role, um, I was really interested in uh, the thing that I, I, where I got into education was I was trying to train up my team and try to keep them getting updated in their learning and their education. And there was nowhere I could send them that they could learn about things where they could use in in the company, not really. I mean, there wasn't for B2B, I, I wanted them to be B2B marketeers uh, and do a better job of B2B marketing. And that's what drove me into writing the book on B2B marketing. And then I discovered um, a gentleman at a previous establishment of ours, Trevor, um, who, who was actually a guy called Ben Hughes. You might have heard of him, remember him? I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah. And he said, uh, I'd like you to come in and do it even talk. And he said, how did you how did you like talking to apprentices? And I said, I loved it. How would you like to do more of that? And I said, absolutely. And that was what, seven years, six, seven years ago. And that started me in the path to also 
spend time with apprentices and, and help them with various different topics. And actually, my first two topics were strategic innovation management and strategic management. So there you go. That's where it all started. So run us through those insights again. So insight one just is uh, try to carve out a corner of your knowledge and experience somewhere. So try to try to find what is that extra thing that you could know about more than others. Um, the second one, leverage some leverage and play off your experience uh, in, in terms of is that a value that you can package and take to somewhere else? Hence, the going to a competitor, but it may not be a competitor. It might be going to another company. And how do you package and leverage that experience better? The third one, broaden your experience wherever you can, I think is always good. Kind of links to that education thing because you're you're building more knowledge and experience. Don't you know tap into things that you think could be related um, there. Let's not forget the one you said as well that actually when you slow down, oh yes, thank you. Done, which I think I think is a really good insight because again I'm not trying to you know push people into a a, a predetermined definition or something like that, but previous generations and i'm thinking of my own parents for example who would be uh, blooming bloomers all retired now um you know it was always about if you just push harder if you just work harder um and it's almost like you you completely run yourself to the ground but you'll be guaranteed results but you don't always get guaranteed results you just guaranteed a really bad you know lifestyle and health and all that kind of stuff so i, I think that's you know i think the younger generations realize it's not about necessarily working harder but it's it's been clever how you work um yeah. and sometimes you could you can actually get more done uh, but but by not well, sacrificing I mean, health I, so I, I, I think it's a really good point. I think, uh, I mean, you and I have probably seen this, but it definitely happens to almost everyone. As you get stressed, your creativity, your ability to look at things, deal with problems, it's just not as good. So I think yeah. that also happened in an instance that I, as I slowed down, as I paused, you can actually reflect and look at things and you, you actually deal with things a lot better, I think, mentally yeah. as well as, yeah. you know, not just physically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a big it's a big learning. Uh, and I, and I, I wasn't... An, I wasn't where I am now, 20 odd years on, I was, you know, I was relatively young. And I remember, I remember my boss saying, you know, come on, Simon, you're, you're, you're not an island, you've got to, you're not, you're not invincible, you, you've got to, you know, see how you manage these things better. And, and, you know, try to see how you can deal with that balance a bit more. So he was, he was actually a very nice guy. Uh, he saw that I, you know, I, I kind of moved a little too fast down the wrong direction. Now, uh, the listeners, I'm sure, have picked up. You were mentioning all kinds of things that only Gen Zs would probably be familiar with. <laughs> so it really <laughs> does confirm that you were born before 1980, which means the next question is 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 the really insightful one. Um, another 10, 15, maybe even 20 years of work left in you. Um, where do you still want to go? And how do any of the following influence those decisions? Uh, age? Uh, pension, mortgage, health, uh, you know, th th that mm. list of things. I kind of gave up long-term plans a long time ago. And uh, the, the main, I, I think, I, I, my philosophy has kind of changed. I used to always plan things. I always said I need to be doing this and this and this by, you know, certain, you know, blocks of what, two or three years or more. And kind of what I've learned in the last 10 years if anything is there there are so many things that have changed that i would never have predicted i would never have thought about so i think you almost want to say think of a few directions where, where which interest you 
and see where that goes. So there's, there is a bit of making your own destiny, of course, but I don't think you should just focus on that. I think uh, I think there has to be looking into what 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 are the areas or direction that are really interesting you. For me, at the moment, there are probably three directions um, in terms of, of areas. There's there's kind of a pure B2B marketing thing that I do quite a lot with the, the Chartered Institute for Marketing. There's an area of parts of education that I'm really interested in in terms of, you know, the the, the things that we've, we've been working on. Some of those topics are particularly of more interest to me than others. They're all, pa- I'm, all I'm passionate about all of them, but there are some of them that I really want to look at even in a bit more detail. So there, there's certain things related to innovation, marketing, even strategy. So I'm looking at that. But then actually, funny enough, outside of that, then there's these pockets of things that I want to dig into more. So I'm looking at AI and artificial intelligence in business, in education, in B2B marketing. There are areas that I'm also interested in relating to international business. I'm really interested in this whole area of international business, uh, not just because of the topic that we're teaching, I'm teaching at the moment, but I've been doing that actually building up with the last six years, that that the whole aspect. Plus it's my background where, you know, I, I went abroad, I worked in international and, and European businesses. Um, so that's an area that I'm interested in. How do we work with that? So in terms of what's shaping my future pensions, I gave up. I basically I moved around so much. There's no I, I need to be thinking about bricks and mortar and thinking about making my own investment, by the way. So I don't I'm um, just a realist. I mean, I basically said goodbye to my pension. I went abroad, was a big believer in Europe and the future of being a European I could basically bank on my pension. Brexit came in and kind of killed everything. So no pension, whatever. I couldn't bank any of those years. So I spent, you know, 15, 12, 15 years in between Italy, Germany and, Germany and Holland. So I can't really do anything with that. So I kind of had to sort of let that go. Uh, did I agree with, I don't want to open that kind of worms about Brexit, but but essentially it did alter my, my thinking and, and view in terms of, I can't rely on pensions. I've got to rely on me bricks and mortar investment or any other sort of investment and just think about those sort of things. Health is a big thing, I definitely would say, although I do work seven days a week, but not not as intensively as those who work five days a week. But I'd like to work. Funny enough, I'm a sort of guy that gets this weekend and I'll do some of my own bits that I enjoy, you know, go for a walk, read a book, whatever. But then I'll get a bit fidgety and I, I want to sort of dig into things relating to people kind of work, but work such a got a not always got a positive sort of nuance to it so I, I i for me it's passion it's about a thing i really enjoy so i like to read up and things dig into things look at things and i really enjoy that actually that's that's the thing that i don't think i'll ever give up um it's something that i've been discussing with my wife and said when do you want to retire and i said well i don't ever see myself wanting to retire it's going to be one of those times when i have to just let certain things go when i get to that point but yeah what you're presenting is a a very different picture and a picture that says that this is also another viable future and this is another viable option particularly if you wanted to travel and, and pension would become uh, an issue so thinking about all of that and it's, it's fascinating simon thank you for sharing all of that what advice um would you give to generation z uh, who, who represent early careers as they set out on this journey what, what advice would you give them I've got uh, six or seven pieces of advice that I was thinking about before this. So, so the, the first advice I would say is when we study things, you know, if we're studying strategic management or strategy or any of these sort of 
lovely sort of strategy type uh, modules, we start to look at, at at work always being grand and the big strategy stuff. And 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 I would say don't be too proud to start in the low and then in basic stuff. In fact, I started out by realizing after sending 200 applications. So I was in a in a an economy over in in, in Europe, let's say, where business graduates were there were there was there was um, an over surplus of business graduates versus jobs and so i basically it was a, a guy whispering me and said why don't you just try a placement and even though you've done a placement try a second placement just offer to do a placement so i basically said listen just take me really lowest pay possible i'll start somewhere get the experience and I was actually in England at the time, and I took a train over to uh, to Holland, to Germany, sorry, to Arken to sit with the guy. And he said, you just, by the fact you just taken a train here without any accommodation or anything, just to get this for this interview, I'm going to give you your answer right now. And the answer is yes, you, you're hired. Uh, so I got hired. <laughs> the trade union stepped in and said, we're not going to pay a graduate a how to say a undergraduate fee it doesn't work you've got to get you've got to get a minimum you're going to have a minimum salary so they bumped it up already before i started so i actually think if you just push uh, look at things i started with in marketing research basically looking at sheets building up excel sheets it was very very unexciting initially but the environment was exciting i mean the thing we were talking about the product but the actual work wasn't the most exciting i have to say but it was okay and I think that's the thing I would say is don't don't be too proud to start with basic stuff. You'll you'll do you. It's a start. It's always going to be a start. The other one that um, is related to the inside, I said, whatever your role, carve out your corner. So carve out your experience, carve out your your thing and um, whatever you do. That would be my second piece of advice. The third piece of advice is prove yourself in the first 90 days. Uh, and I learned that actually, I wasn't so early on in my career that I realized that how important that was. Actually, I discovered that probably mid part of my career. Uh, I kind of believed what this manager said, take your time to get in the role. Don't worry, take your time, take it easy. Don't worry. And then somebody said after like three months, so what are you, what are you delivered so far? Somebody else. And it was really uncomfortable, really awkward. So I would say prove yourself in the, in the first 90 days. In fact, I picked up a book, which is still around to this day, which I would recommend any student to look at is My First 90 Days by a gentleman called Michael Watkins. There's actually another one called My First 100 Days. Do read it. It's got some incredibly good advice. I actually used it for the next job to map out what I needed to achieve in the first 10 days, the first two weeks, the first month, and it, it, it really did the, did the job. The the fourth thing I would say is keep learning. Uh, I don't I kind of before I got into education, it was 10 years into my role. I realized already that I was becoming a little stale in my knowledge uh, and it was a self-reflection that I'm where am I updating my knowledge? So I I realized I needed to do some things on my own. There wasn't the trainings around that. There was trainings for leaders and managers, but it wasn't trainings on topics and subject matter in the same way so i you know i did i took it on myself to start picking up books and creating my own sort of program and discipline to look at things so definitely keep learning self-education absolutely critical uh when i talk to uh you know people today practitioners 
it's I'm seeing how it's so important that they're they're learning all the time. You know, they're coming to me to for these courses that I'm teaching outside of not just the university, other things as well. And I think it's so important to keep your edge, keep learning, keep improving. The last three are interesting. So the 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 the, the fifth one I would say is build your network in any company. Build that network. Build your network of people. And uh, relating to build your networks, find a sponsor. So there's probably in most companies I come come across, there hasn't been really any formal mentor program. But I, as I got into the role, I noticed I needed just to reach out to people. I needed to reach out to people and ask them, you know, just to say, listen, would you be able to be my kind of uh, a coach in this particular area of business? Uh, would love to meet you every few months for a coffee or every month, just grab a coffee, find a sponsor, find a mentor, uh, even if it's an informal process that really helps. And the last thing is um, whatever you hear on any anything in writing, whatever, this is a favor economy where people help each other out. Um, don't just stick to your guns and just doing your job and and just doing that. Do, do realize that when you you know, support others in your business. I don't mean just being a good collaborator, but going out of the way to help others, you'll, you'll, it'll come back. It'll come back and, and you know, two, two, two or three or more multiple fold. So definitely think about how you can help others in the business and related to the business, but also realize that will come back to you. That will come, that'll be good stuff that come back to you because you'll need it at some point in some way. You'll never know where and when, but it will it will be very useful to have and you know have those people who will help you out when when needed. That is great advice. Um, I I always say particularly to my kids, um, you know, whoever you meet, always be respectful, be friendly, because you never know whether that person might sit in front of you for an interview, um, you know, in a year or two years time, and those first impressions yeah. will will you know they, they'll count. Um, you just don't know. You just don't know. Even if that person isn't related in any particular way, you just don't know whether your crowds will pass again in the future. Your your paths will cross. I switched the two words around. Um, yeah, and you rely on that person's kindness back to you again. So yeah, be be, be kind in that way. Um, thank you, Simon, very much for sharing a little bit of your life, sharing some really good insights. Um, you really have been uh, around the houses, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> but you're a great colleague uh, because you 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 clearly do bring a lot of that experience with you, as well as you know the the, the 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 kind of specific niche of knowledge that you bring with you as well. So thank you so much for sharing that with us here. Um, and thank you, listeners. Do come back. Uh, we're going to continue this journey. We're probably going to take a break now. Um, over the festive season um, we're going to have a bit of a special edition edition number three uh, will be interviews from the high degree apprenticeship conference which will be happening uh, in november in the uk so uh, we'll probably be back in january uh, with the next guest so thank you very much thank you simon and cheers everybody thank you you've been listening to the doctor and he just dissected the intersection between work and learning 